Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. So we're talking about slaying giants. Have you thought, ever thought about that? Let's see. The latest movie is uh, Black Panther. It's a comic book uh, that came out in the 60s, and it's the number one grossing movie on the market right now. It's number six all time. Uh, Superman, Batman, what, what, what is all that? And people spending all that money to go see all that stuff because everybody wants to be a superhero. It's in you to be a superhero. It's in you to slay giants. You just hadn't tapped into it. You are a, a giant slayer. You can slay giants. God, the almighty God, and we're going to help you today to see that yourself as, as, as a giant slayer. Yeah. You know, David was a giant slayer. Story in the Bible. There's many stories. In, how many of you know, who did, who did David, what giant, what was the giant's name David killed? Goliath. We're going to talk about that story next Sunday. But hey, did anybody know that Goliath had a brother? What was his name? Yeah, I know, don't, I know. It's a hard name to remember. But he did have a brother. And somebody else, not as famous, killed him. One of David's mighty men killed that dude. Okay, you know, let me get up here. You on the floor, that ain't going to hold me. I'm eight feet right here. I'm eight feet right here. This would, if I stood on that, would make me nine feet. That's how big. That's the smallest increment of measure that Goliath was. I've heard he's 13. Some say the translation is a little bit different here and there. So let's just give him nine. That's, that's pretty big. That means he could, he could, his, his arm would hit, you know, the rim on a basketball goal right there. His, 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 his spearhead weighed 15 pounds. His armor weighed 150 pounds. Big guy. You are a giant slayer. Are you ready? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give you some lessons in slaying giants a little bit today till next Sunday and even the next. But let's look. And, and you know, God, God wants to get on you to slay giants. And, and see, we, we think, you know, if you, if you don't have $50, that's a giant. Come on, nod your head. Yeah. You know, if you got the flu, that's a giant. Well, God wants to help you to grow today, to take a hold of some things that, that, will, that, that you can have the victory. Amen. So let's, let's, let's dig in a little bit. Let's look at, uh, if you don't have sermon notes, wave your hand. They're trying to pass them out. They love to serve and pass out. Man, we got some greatest people. You know, we have over 90 some odd people serving. Woo-hoo. 90 people serving in our church. Isn't that awesome? Glory, glory, glory. And you know what they're doing? Is they're slaying giants. Because you know what? Since your first Sunday here, it's kind of nervous to come in here and all these people you don't know. But you got a good smiling face. They just get rid of that giant right off the bat, don't they? Shake your hand, tell you they love you and glad you're here. Look at somebody and say, glad you're here. Uh, even your wife. Go ahead, tell her, you know. That ain't a giant, okay? Yeah, it could be. Jesus is Lord of all. Amen? So look at number one. We're going to dive into this, and we're going after it. 
He is the God of the breakthrough. Oh, my. David named him that. David, not fighting Goliath, named him that. David was king, and he named him the God of the breakthrough. Let's look in 2 Samuel 5, 17 through 20. He says, now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, they said, you know what? Let's just go test his mettle. You know, you got saved, the devil's going to come knocking on the door. Do you really believe what you believe? Even if you've been saved for a long time, he still comes to test your mettle. Do you really believe that God's a healer? Do you really believe God will meet your need? Do you, believe, you really believe you're saved? Oh, yeah. That's the way he comes. And so here the Philistines are coming after David. The Philistines went up to search for David. They heard, that, heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Look at verse 18. It says, The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Raphaim. I can't know how to say that. Raphaim or whatever. Or in, the, in the valley of, of, of uh, yeah. Verse 19. So David inquired of the Lord and said, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Notice David's having a communication. He talks to God. When's the last time you talked about, to God about, about the giant in your life? Okay, we just let that sit there. Shall I go up against them? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. You know, the next time he had to fight them, because they came back. You know, the devil just keeps coming back. He's re- I told you he's retarded. He don't know when to quit. When he, you know when he'll quit is when you get empowered. But you know, he never quit with Jesus. So, so the next time they came, God said, just wait a minute. Wait for my signal. Sometimes you got to wait on the Lord. Sometimes you got to wait for the signal. So, so David is going. Look in verse 20. So David went to Baal Perazam. I can't say that either, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, and David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, this place should be called Baal. You know, Baal is a, is a fake god. And he wanted to be the God of the breakthrough. They wanted to claim that their God, the Philistines' God, was the God. But, God, but David said, no, our God is the God of the breakthrough. God's a God of the breakthrough. Notice, notice, did God go through that? No, they had to put a sword in their hand. They had to go after it. I mean, oh, this is your sword. Come on. I'm helping you here. I mean, you know, he prayed. He asked God what to do. He picked up the sword, went at the devil. You know, I t- it's like I told you. I told the one boy, I, you know, we were talking about the devil and how he comes in. I said, you know, if he was in a physical being and he was walking down the sidewalk, I'd drive this van up over and run over him. But the devil's not a physical being. You have to fight him spiritually. Amen? Amen. But I mean, you know, he can affect you physically, yes. mentally. Amen. He can Comes to, he comes to steal your joy, your peace, and who you are. So, so let, let, let's look. Let's look. So notice it said water. Water is a representation of salvation. Water is a representation of the Holy Spirit. Water is, he said, like a breakthrough of many waters. Psalms 1.3 says that we, we, I know it says he, but it's mine and it's yours. We shall be planted like a tree. Be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever 
I do will prosper. Come on, say it. Whatsoever I do will prosper. Now, see, notice, notice that, see, that's a statement of a giant slayer. That's a statement of a giant slayer. Well, you know, I'm just humble, Pastor. I, I don't think, you know, I, I'm not really that uh, uh, strong. And, and, you know, I, I don't. Come on, then build yourself up. That's not being humble. Moses was a, was a leader of armies. And he led millions out of Egypt. And he was the humblest man on earth. But he had to make hard decisions. He had to step up and be a man. He was a giant slayer, too. You know, he parted the Red Sea. God used him to hold up the staff. God did it, but it looked like Moses did, you know. God will just make you shine. How I many you know that God is still parting Red Seas? That may be a giant. Come on, come on. Okay, okay, one more, one more. Isaiah 58, 11. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. With what? What do you need in a drought? Water. To strengthen your bones, and you should be watered uh, like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. You're not going to fail. Don't fail. I don't want to fail. I'm not going to fail. Quit, get, get failure out of your, your language, out of your mouth. I don't know if we can make it. I don't know if I can do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Go to the bathroom where or whatever bedroom you've got that scripture hanging on the wall. It's not just something to good to decorate with. It's something good to believe. It's, it's what you believe. We need to believe. We need to be a believer. Come on, God wants us to rise up, believer, and be a giant slayer, uh, to get stirred up. You know, God is still, and he is Jesus, and God are the way maker. They're the first, the original giant slayer. Jesus came down to slay your sins, to redeem you. Salvation encompasses your mind, your body, and your spirit. All of it. Everything you need is in salvation. I was only taught, you know, uh, the Lord wants to forgive you of your sins. You're just a sinner, and you need to repent, and you need to repent. And you know what? They made me sin conscious to look at every stupid thing I did all week long, and then I had to repent on Sunday, and then I went back and started living and looking at all the sin I did all week long, and then I come back and repented on Sunday. Well, God wants you to be free from sin. You're, you're big enough. If you mess up, you stop and say, oh, I missed it, Lord. Clean it up right there. Clean it up. Lord, I, I want, I'm free right now. I, I want to I be righteous. I don't want to make, I don't want to make, I don't want to say that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to act like that anymore. I take control of it. I'm slaying a giant. Jesus came and empowered us to, to slay giants. Jesus is the wake maker. He, you know, when Jesus showed up, there were times the Bible says that the power of God was present to heal. We believe in for that here. And you know what? People have been coming up and telling me how, how God's been slaying giants all week. And they don't even know what I'm preaching about. Ha, ha, ha. The devil's a liar. What, what, is your, what giant do you face? Think about it. I want you to go after it today. Today's the day to go after it. Because maybe you need peace. Maybe you need joy. Maybe you need health. Maybe you need finances. Maybe you need to quit thinking wrong. 
your mind, you're up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you're worrying and your mind's running on oh, what I'm going to do and what we're going to do. And ah, that happens to everybody. That's a giant keeping you up. You need to tell it to go. That's torment. Maybe you think, I don't have any faith. Well, stick around here. Keep coming. Matter of fact, we're going to start teaching on faith after this series in about three more Sundays because God wants you to grow your faith. You can develop your faith just like you can develop your math skills, just like you can develop your, your driving skills, just like you can develop your whatever skill you're looking for in life. You can de- you, the Bible teaches you can develop your faith. You can have great faith. And you are a giant slayer already. You just haven't released the potential in you. Okay. Well, I don't know about that, Pastor Brett. Well, I know. The Word of God says we can have it. Do you know? So let's just deal with it right now. Because you know what? Some of you are sitting there looking at all your failures. Well, I'm not a giant slayer because I did this, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. Do you know David didn't kill all the giants either? But the, the matter of fact, David got away from God and killed somebody to get his wife. And God still calls him a man after his own heart. Because David repented, changed that I'm wrong. Do you know that Jesus is called the son of David? And all the wrong that David did. God forgave him. God doesn't look at your past or who you are. You're free. God's looking at your future. He said, you're, you're a giant slayer. You're an overcomer. More than a conqueror. That's what the Bible says. Okay, let's say, you don't understand that. Then you're a giant slayer. Let's say it like that. You squash bugs. Let's say it like that. Because you know what? You know, you can be like the, 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 the children of Israel when they went and spied out the promised land. This is our promised land. They went out and they said, we are grasshoppers in their sight because there's giants in the land. No, 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 no. We got to change our thinking and say, they're grasshoppers. They're grasshoppers. Well, the Bible says to put Satan under your feet. Put him under your feet. Number two, the God of the breakthroughs in you. It's time to let him live big. It's time to get stirred up. It's time to get stirred up. It's time to, to quit all the nagging and the yakking and, you know, the little things. You know, there's stuff that, that hangs around. You know, it's time to get him going and get John 4, 14. Jesus talking to the woman of the well been married five times, living with somebody now, and he's telling her about salvation. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. God's on the inside of you. Well, yeah, I'm saved, Pastor, but I, I, I don't know if I got any kind of power. Okay, Romans 8, 11. I got your answer. 
The word of God is our answer. But if the spirit of him, and that's the water in your well, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one saved you. The Holy Spirit's the one came into your heart. The Holy Spirit, if you are saved today, and if you're not, raise your hand and we'll pray and you can get saved right now. Maybe you need to wait a little bit, let it cook a little bit. But Jesus, today's the day of salvation. So everybody that's saved, rave at me. So this is what you're missing. Everybody in there, look at this, this is you. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give your, your, your mortal body through his spirit. He will also give life to your mortal body. I need some healing. I need some strength. I need my joints to be strong. I, the older I get, the more I'm like, what is that? I'm like, hey, body. Body, uh-uh, the same spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in me. Body, you got to line up. You know, you've only got one body, and yeah, we need to take care of it because you know what? You carry the Spirit of God with you to, at work. You carry the Spirit of God with you to your family reunion. You, you carry the Spirit of God to your grandkids. You carry the Spirit of God to your children. And God is not a killer, and people die young, and it's not God because you know what? It was like somebody, this lady had cancer, and she had three kids. That's not the will of God. God gave her those kids to raise them and the nurture and admission of the Lord. The enemy comes to make people sick so those kids will be orphans. That's not God's plan. There's a devil out there, and we have got to get ourselves up. Listen, there's always going to be a giant. Oh, I'm good right now. We're just smooth. Seven. You know there could be a storm tomorrow. You never, you know, you don't know. David didn't say, oh, I'm ready for the Philistines to come. I'm ready to go to battle. No, they came. And word came, go, go tell David they're coming for him. Well, then he stirred up. Okay, he got stirred up. I'm going to meet him. God's going with me. The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He ain't leaving either. He's not leaving. Even if you get in sin, he's going to follow you around. You know you ain't supposed to be dead. Come on, when are you going to come back? When are you going to come back? When are you going to come back and serve the Father? When are you going to come back? When are you going to come back? You're a child of God. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. He'll never leave you alone. He'll walk with you always. You should be slaying giants. You shouldn't be following to them. You should, you're following giants. You, shouldn't be, you should be slaying giants. He's going to never, he'll never leave you alone. He'll stir you up. You see people come in because the Holy Spirit stirred them up and they've been beat down by life. And there's people in our, in our church service and they come here and, and like at worship service tonight, people come and they need deliverance. They need God. And you know what? You are the giant slayer for them. We are the giant slayer for the community. Okay, boy, that just sit like a flat rock, didn't it? <laughs> You know why? Because we're in desperate mode. We're trying to pay our bills. We're just trying to keep ourselves well. We're trying to, David wasn't worrying about himself. He, we're going to take care of the Philistines. No, let's build a wall around me and mine and what's mine. There's sickness out there, so we ain't letting, you know, I, I would love to have locked my kids in a closet, but that would have messed them up. How would they know how to deal? Because I've seen kids that were locked in a closet and their parents wouldn't let them do nothing. And first they get free, they're drinking everything, smoking everything, and, and doing everything that they thought they were missing out on. They didn't know how to deal. 
You got to know how to deal with the devil. You got to teach your kids how to deal with the devil. You need to tell them the devil's out there. Every time I walked out the door, I said, they're stupid out there. Let's don't be that. Come on, you're going to that party. They may be drinking. They may be smoking dope. They may be, it may be a makeout party for fifth graders. I have seen that. I've heard of it. You're not going to that. A makeout party for fifth graders. Don't know why I'm getting off on. Listen to me. The enemy's out there. We got to recognize him and we got to tell our kids about him. Because we're giant slayers. And we're preparing our children to be giant slayers. They need to recognize, nope, that's not right. I don't need to do that. That's not God. Okay. Y'all better get a hold of this. How about 1 John 4, 4? Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. If you, that is not a part of your daily diet. If that is not a part of your daily diet, you need to be eating it. Amen. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and quickens my mortal body. Yes. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Yes. Greater is he. What am I doing? I'm building myself up. I'm building myself up. You know, because here I go, you know. Oh, I'm not very strong at all. And I'm not either. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I don't know what to do. I don't have the wisdom for every situation, but I have the mind of Christ. When I call on him, the James said, if you lack wisdom, ask God. Ooh, and God will give me wisdom so I can slay a giant. Come on. The word of God makes you a giant slayer. The spirit of God makes you a giant slayer. Jesus on the inside of you makes you a giant slayer. You are a giant slayer. Okay, I ain't getting no amens on that. Don't shout me down then. <laughs> ah, number three. How do giants get a foothold? <laughs> We're gonna break down the Romans eight chapter. Just, just let's read it together. It'll set us free. My goodness. How do giants get a foothold? Let's read Romans 8, 5 through 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on the Spirit, on what the Spirit desires. Let's just, let, I'm gonna just teach through this. Try to slow down because I'm, 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 I've got it on me today, okay? Are you listening to me? Listen to me. Your mind is an enemy. Your body is an enemy. You have to tell your body to line up just like you have to tell a three-year-old not to play in the street. Because if you give your body away, it'll go after pornography. It'll eat too much. It'll lust after everything. And it's just at your body. And if you don't control your mind, your mind, your thoughts will run wild and your thoughts will eat your life up and you'll be no good. Fear will overtake you if you live in your mind. It will. Fear is a giant. There's people that will not leave their house because of fear. People are afraid of crowds. People are afraid to go shopping. People are afraid to drive. People are afraid to fly. They're not afraid to fly. They're afraid to die. That's what it's about. And your mind will eat you up. But look what it says. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on spiritual things. Are you spiritual? Have yours, your mind set on spiritual things? Next verse. Verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death. 
Oh, you, 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 you may not be dead yet, Christian, but if you're governed by your flesh, it will eventually kill you. Doesn't mean you're not going to heaven, but you know, you've met fleshly Christians. They never grew up. They never learned what the Word says. And the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The Word of God and the Spirit of God brings life and peace. You're like, peace? I can't say it again. <clears throat> My voice cracked. But we need peace. The peace of God that passes understanding. Verse, verse 9. I'm sorry, verse 7. <laughs> the mind governed by the flesh. Verse 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You ever seen somebody throw a temper tantrum? I worked with a guy who's 64 years old. He could throw temper tantrums. That's the flesh. We want to be governed by the Spirit. Look at verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. Listen, if you're born again, the Spirit of God dwells in you. We've already established that. If you are born again, the Spirit of God dwells in you, and you can walk in the Spirit. You can walk in the things of God. It indeed, the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So listen, you know when the preacher says, or I says, bow your heads, and I start asking people to accept Jesus Christ, you know why I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes? I want you to look at your heart. Is Jesus in there? Are you for sure, for sure, for real saved? I'm not trying to put condemnation or fear on you, but you know what? There is a you. There's a knowing. I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved because the Spirit of God's on the inside of me. And listen, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, they're not belong to Christ. Look in verse 10. But if Christ is in you, then even through the body is subject, even though the body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life. Because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we, are not, we are, do not have obligation, but it is not to the, not to the flesh. We're not, we don't have to give in to the flesh. And to live according to the flesh... Pass me a beer, huh? Pass that joint. Let's go to the all you can eat. I'm just saying, that's all fleshly stuff. And look at verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put, notice what the, the theme of this, what's the enemy? How's the enemy get in? How do giants come? Flesh. Through the flesh. I want to read verses, I'm going to skip down and go to verse 19 and 21 just real quick. I want to show you something. God is wanting you to live in the Spirit. God is wanting you to live peaceable, get along with everybody. You know how you can live peaceable with people who are, are rude and crude and mean? You've got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Not only, you know... <laughs> I work with people who are rude and crude, 
and the boys knew how I believed, and they knew what spirit was on the inside of me, and I was one of them said, man, you need to talk to him. He needs to get saved. And I'm thinking, well, what about you? There ain't nobody as bad as him. Just what we do, we always point at everybody else. But, but look at what this says. For the earnest expectation, I know it's hard to understand. I'm going to help you. For the earnest expectation of creation, talking about all the earth, the expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing, but because of him who subjected it in hope. What does that mean? The whole earth is waiting on you to start walking in the spirit. Waiting on you to become a giant slayer. Matter of fact, God's called us to be a giant slayer, us right here. But in every church in America, but us right here to be a giant slayer to every orphan in Smith County, Grayson County, Bland County. What do I mean by orphans? You know, we think about these kids. Oh, oh, bless the kid. Every person that does not know Jesus is an orphan to God. Change your perspective. Them nasty knuckleheads. I don't can't they believe they acting like that? They're orphans. How are they supposed to act? Huh? I saw a guy holding a. He was protesting. He had a sign. If Jesus comes back, kill him again. He's an orphan. He doesn't know who Jesus is. He doesn't know a God that'll take a man 30 years old that's, that's fought in battles and, 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 and a, a, a gangbanger and a motorcycle rider and a murderer and a drug dealer and just change him in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and put a vision in him for a place like Canaan land. Huh? Huh? And, and not mean anymore, not selfish anymore, but full of the love of God. Every time there's an altar call, he cries. Matt Gover. But there's thousands. There's people in here. They used to drink all the time and they, they don't drink no more. There's people in here that God has changed. That the giants that were in their life have been broken off. Hey! So, so, so here, here's, here's the key. We live in the natural. You have to deal with your flesh. You live in the natural, but God wants to put his super on your natural. Supernatural. Oh, now let's don't, let's don't talk about that stuff. That's spooky. But yet you'll watch those ghost stories on TV. And you'll watch where they're in that haunted house creeping around in the dark, you know. Or the vampire show. It ain't spooky no more. But we get in church and start talking about God. And God doing supernatural things, you're like, ooh. Because you know why you feel that way? Because it's real. And that's on TV and it's removed. Oh, that ain't real. And the devil says, yeah, he is real too. And he just slipping in on you. He's slipping up behind you. Listen, I want to talk about somebody that's a giant slayer. And I'm going to use her as an example uh, today. And her name's uh, Kelly Clark. If you watch the Olympics, how many of y'all watch the Olympics? You like me, you're five. And, uh, but, but Kelly Clark is, a, is the snowboarder for the last 20 years. She puts snow, women's snowboarding on 
on the map. And this is her let's see, fifth Olympics. 20 years of them. I don't think so. Yeah. And, and so she, uh, she put it on the map. And I'll, I'll explain. Let's watch the video right quick. We're on this side right over here. There's a hole flowing through these veins. There's a voice that echoes through the pain. Now, did you recognize that song? That song was written by somebody in IHOP, which is International House of Prayer in Kansas City. And it's sang by a guy, Jesus Culture, who we sing a lot of their music. But that's playing while she's going down and everybody on NBC and the whole world and everybody there is listening to the Jesus music. She is a radical giant slayer. You know, in life, that 30-second run right there is a giant. And uh, she's won gold in the Olympics. She's won silver and bronze. She's won gold in the X Games. And uh, they was telling about her this, how funny she is, but she sold out. She sold out to God, and she puts her earphones in. And she's worshiping. She said, I'm getting ready for this 30-second 30 30 giant I got to face, and I got to get my body right. I got to get my mind right. And she's listening to worship music. And to say the funny thing about it is she's singing to the top of her lungs. She's got her earphones in, and she can't carry a tune in a bucket. And everybody's like, looking at her like, but she don't care. They came to her years back and said, we want you, we want to put your name on a snowboard. Will you design it? And she's been designing snowboards. And she's got Jesus and scriptures all over them. And it's the number one snowboard uh, in America for girls. And, you know, they came to her and said, look, we love your design, but we don't want no more of this Jesus stuff. She said, okay, bye. And left. And they said, oh, excuse me, uh, can you come back? <laughs> Making a stand. Facing the giants. That's money. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Three times she was injured. Pretty major injuries. Goes to church. Y'all pray for me. I need to be healed. Three times she was healed. One time she got healed and the next day she got on and went to the S games and won gold. One time she won gold at the X Games, came back Monday, and they're painting a church, and she's on the ladder over there painting church because she's a servant. She's a giant slayer. They didn't ask me. They didn't tell me. She just don't want, well, I'm here to do something for the Lord. And she said, if your visions uh, only encompasses you, it's not big enough. If your dream only includes you, it's too small. Eight years ago, a nine-year-old came up and tugged on her ski jacket and said, can I ride the lift with you? And she said, yes. And so they rode the lift together, and she got to talking to her, and that little girl became a ski boarder, and she won gold this year. <laughs> Chloe Kim. And when you win the gold medal, you get to give an Olympic medal away to your parents or to your coach, somebody that, Im that imparted it into you. And she gave her medal to Kim Clark. Mentor. Who are you mentoring? Who are you helping slay giants? See, Chloe Kim's on the, on the top, 
uh, of, of, uh, of the snowboarding. She's ruling right now. But Kelly's the one that helped put her there. And she ain't, got a, she ain't afraid of it. She ain't ashamed of it. She's excited for her. You know what? I want to help you kill giants. And if you kill giants and come in here, I'm not going to say, well, you, just be, you need to go. No, it's baloney. You need to get stirred up and start killing giants. See, see God, God's the God of the breakthrough. But see, God will take what you naturally do and put his super on it and make it supernatural. We'll talk about it next Sunday, but how does a rock kill a nine-foot giant? How do you, you know, okay, you got one shot. You're kind of a little nervous about one shot. Even if I gave you a rifle, he's nine foot. <laughs> and to plant that, you know, <laughs> listen to me. People are waiting on you to be a giant slayer. See, 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 the little girl saw her as a giant slayer, and I want to be like that. Do you know that David stirred people up to start using their sling? The Bible says, and I don't know if the number's right, but David had 120,000 men who could throw a sling, sling a rock, and the Bible says they could hit the target at the same time with the width of a gnat swing. That means they hit in the same spot. That means, you know what, if you're coming at them with a sword and they pop you in the eyeball, you're out of commission. You're rolling on the ground. Anybody ever been hit in the eye? I had a thing on my coat, and it had a rubber deal on it where you pull the head, you know, and pull it down, and it, it was elastic, and it dark. I'm, I, it got hung on something, come up, popped me in the eye. Oh, I'm out crawling on the ground, eyes and snot and watering. You could have come cut my head off. Let me tell you, the, 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 God will give you things to put the devil out. You'll hit him in the eye. Spit the Holy Ghost spit in his eye. Come on. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. Jesus' spit was anointed. Hey, how did I get on that? I don't know. But Jesus spit in the ground and he made a poultice and he put it in the blind man's eyes and he started to see. Woo. Okay, I don't want none of that. I'll take it. <laughs> I want it all this morning. Golly, golly. So here's where we're going to do some different stuff. And you say, well, what, what, what are we going to do? Oh, look at Joel 3. I want to teach you something, 3, 9 through 10. Proclaim among the nations, prepare for war. Legacy Church, prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men and women. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Say it again. I am strong. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. We want to measure everything. Well, let's see, you know, we've got two fighters going here, and oh, he's a little bit bigger and he's a little bit quicker, but you know, I don't know. We're going to measure, you know, the Spirit of God's on them. The Spirit of God's on you. See, see, what we say is so important. What we say, you're led by your thoughts and your words. Even if you're going to Dairy Queen to buy an ice cream cone, it came from somewhere. Hey, y'all want some ice cream? Words. I'm going 
to get ice cream. Do y'all want some? And you set it in your heart and you take off and get in the car and you drive 15 miles down the road to the Dairy Queen to get the ice cream. Pass it up. All kinds of places. But your heart was set to go to Dairy Queen. When are you going to set your heart to slay giants? When are you going to set your heart and start saying with your mouth, I am a giant slayer. I am an overcomer. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Well, are we getting an old dark mully grubbing on me? I'm to the point where I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be around it. You know, that was one thing that the Lord made me, I, I, I grew up in that. You know, that was, it's always a trick. How you doing? How you doing? And then, oh, you're good. Well, I'm not. Oh, man, my bursitis, my hip, my liver, my back, my eyes got a quiver, my ears flopping. It's just horrible. And then look at my son-in-law over there. He does the same way. If he don't ever straighten up and yeah, 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 yeah. Am I changing him any? No. And I'm not changing me because I'm calling what is, is. The Bible, God taught Abraham to call those things that be not or that you don't have, call what you want in. Huh. So say, I'm strong. Stand to your feet. I need you to stand up. Now, maybe when you get spiritually stronger, you can sit down and beat a giant. But you know what? I need you to stretch your bones today. And we're going to say some things. Take a deep breath. Are you ready? It's hard to talk without any oxygen. (laughs) Say it with me. I got 15 more points. I know. (laughs) My soul is a well-watered garden. Watered by the Spirit of God and God's Word. My soul is a well-watered garden. It releases health and blessing to me and to others. God is shifting me today from survival to health and supply. I am a supply source for God. And for many in the days to come. In the days to come. I am a supply source. And I am a health source. For many. Thank the Lord now. Come on. Thank you. We're not through. Say this. Say I am. I am. I am. A well watered garden. I am blessed. To be a blessing. I am a giant slayer. I bring others up with me to God. Now, just close your eyes, lift your hand. Father, I thank you for courage to stand on the word to declare. Father, what they've declared, that they'll walk in it, they'll live in it, and it'll be in their life, Lord God. Father, I bind the devil. He comes to steal the word. As they walk out of church today, let them recognize that's the enemy trying to steal the victory that's in my life. I am an overcomer. I have boldness to do what God said to do. Now look at me again. Say this. I give myself myself 
permission to be blessed, to succeed, to become a resource, to empower others, to their God-given destiny. I think we need to say that again. I give myself permission. I give myself permission to be blessed, to succeed in life, to become a resource, to empower others, to their God-given destiny. Come on, give the Lord a shout. You can be seated. Woo! Now, the Lord gave me some of that stuff right there before he wanted us to, to, to lay it out. Now, start saying it. Be led by it. You know, you're never going to lead anybody to Jesus until you start saying, that's my mission, to make disciples. This was my prayer Tuesday, or the Holy Spirit came on, and we kind of prophesied, you know what, where are you going to eat lunch? Don't answer me. If you're going to a restaurant today, why don't you ask God where you need to go eat where somebody's hungry that you can feed them? Maybe on you're going home to eat. Maybe, maybe you need to ask, Lord, do I need to go in there and buy a bottle of water or a Coke because there's somebody in there that needs Jesus and they're hungry for him. You know, to go up cold turkey to somebody and say, you know, I hear I want to share the Lord. They're going to give you, ah, I don't want to hear it. But when somebody's hungry and they go, are you hungry for God? Well, yeah, I was just praying last night. God, I, I want to know you more. Boom. So you got to start asking God. Who's hungry? Because you know, oh, I never, I can't ask nobody that. I can't, oh, ah. But if somebody's hungry, they're going to come. And you know what? The Bible says don't worry about what to say. He'll give you the words. And one of the easiest words is you need to come go church with me. And I'll show you that in just a minute. Number four. What do I need to do? We know there's a, there's, a, there's a line. You need to eat. What? Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Oh, and look what verse 5 says. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. That means I can get over here and I can slosh my cup on everybody. Oh, they look a little dry right here. Let me do, oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. And I just put it on him. I'm embarrassed him now. He, oh, don't leave. We love you. And so, but my, my point is, let your cup run over a little bit. That girl on the snowboard, she's up there worshiping Jesus. And they got to get her to get, get you, you're next. Get in line here. Come on, come on. You should worship God everywhere you go. You just let your cup run over. Man, you, are y'all blessed today? Are you blessed today? Ask somebody. You know what? God is good. Come on. He's all the time he's good. God's never off. We have off days, but we can change them. Oh, oh come on. He prepares a table before me. It's time to lay selfishness and pride aside and live God's way. So, so what do we eat at this table? What do we eat at this table? We need to eat the Word of God. God, while you're sitting there and your enemy's like, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was squirrel hunting one time and walked through the woods and came up on 15 wild dogs. I'm like, I ain't got enough ammunition. 
I don't have enough if they want to come after me because they weren't afraid. A coyote will jump up and run off. But a dog's used to humans, and they were like, what do you want? And I'm like, okay, y'all can have it. But see, the Bible says we sit at a table, and our enemy, the devil's like, I'm looking for a weak hole. I'm looking to see what they say. If they'll say something where I can step in, and if they're not feeling good, I'll just make it worse. You don't think he's listening? He's not omnipotent. Demonic forces are not omnipotent. God's omnipotent. He knows your thoughts, but the devil's listening to your words. And he'll put something in, you, in your mind. Look at Peter. He's not smiling. He don't like you. What do I do to make Peter mad? He's smiling. I'm just using him as an example. But that's how the enemy works. They don't like you over there. That side don't like this side and this side. You know. That's the devil. And he comes in to try to stir strife. He's the, and where strife is, there's every evil work. Be careful. Get strife out. It's time to get into the word. Number two is we need to speak the word. Speak it, speak it, speak it. So what's on your table? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. I've already given you two. You better get on it every day. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is it. 1 John 4, 4. You know, it's great to know where it's at, 1 John 4, 4, but it's better to know it in your heart. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The Spirit of God dwells on the inside of me. Jesus lives in me. His Spirit lives in me. God directs me. I know the voice of God and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. That's a good one. Man, the words, there's 3,000 promises you need to put in your mouth. You need to be sitting there while you, and, and you need to be speaking the word. You need, and if you see the devil coming, you need to tell him, oh, get off and give him some word. That's what Jesus did. Those thoughts that came through his mind, bow down and worship me. If you're hungry, and he knew he was hungry, he'd been 40 days without eating. If you be hungry, duh. Like that one, that one pastor I know, he was put in the hospital, couldn't eat or drink for days. And he said, I didn't have visions of Jesus, I had visions of food. <laughs> and you know you're going to have visions of food. You go that long, you may meet Jesus, but you also think about food. But Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we got to be eating some word. Number three, fellowship and prayer with believers. You know, you think, why would he be on drugs? I mean, he's written 2,000 songs, most of them hits, and he's got money. And, but see, money doesn't satisfy, and fame doesn't satisfy. And what you think would satisfy, you don't satisfy. The only thing that satisfies is Jesus. That's the only thing. And he's the giant slayer, in your, and he'll slay the giants, and he'll take care of them, but you've got to let them go. Men are some, so many, the, the Lord said there's a giant in your life you don't trust. Came from when you was a kid. You don't trust people. Let God break that giant down. What you going to do? They can't hurt you. Nobody can hurt you. Trust. Trust the God on the inside of them. You know, we're not, you know, you chalk it up when some people hurt you. You let it go and, and you trust God. Trust God and love people. That's the Holy Ghost there. And number four is praise and worship. What we're going to do tonight you need to worship God when you need a breakthrough in your life. My, this week, three times I put on worship music just to get myself broke through on the inside. On the inside, I have to, put, I have, to have breakthrough. 
Uh, the enemy comes against me just like he does anybody else. Man, I'm not on this podium, so I'm uh, better than you. I, I have to walk the walk and talk the talk, and I have to live the life. I have to read the word. I have to say the word. I have to walk in it. I, I'm up here so you can see. And, and, but hear me, I have to walk the same walk you do, and I need to worship God. I need to praise God because he inhabits the praises of his people. And if you got a kid, when your kid crawls in your lap and says, I love you, or when your wife says, I love you, or your husband loves you, you, you inhabit that. Woo! Listen, God inhabits praise. And you need to, and you, it calls him down. You know, Ephesians 6, 13 and 14, we're not going to go there. Well, it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand an evil day. Having done all to stand, stand. When you know what to do and you're sitting at the table and all hell is going on all around you, you can smile and say, I got the peace of God. He, he's already led me to the still waters. And you can, you can tell the devil, huh? Shh, hush. Shh. Tell him. So he's prepared a table before you. God prepared the table to partake, to get strengthened. Let me, let me just say this. You know, when, when, you, when you're in, in prayer, this is for you and others, but I'm going to say it to you. So everybody else, get your receiver up. But when you're in prayer, sometimes you can't see everything that goes on. But you've got to know that the Spirit of God is moving on behalf. And you know, other people back up. You know, when a bomb goes off, they see the smoke and it all boiled up into the air and all looking around like, wow, that must have been a bomb. Look at all that. But, but when you're in it, <laughs> you know, the explosion, the smoke ain't squat. You know what I mean? It is nothing. It's the power is what you want. And when you pray, the power of God's released and lives are being changed by your words and your prayers and, and some others as well in here. The, God changes and you, you see, you know, the wind blows a leaf. The leaf's not the wind. The Spirit of God is what moves and changes people. And so God said, don't walk by sight, but start continue to pray. And then watch me move. Because just like, just like I said today, there's, there's other testimonies we're going to wait for next Sunday. But God's moving in hearts and lives in here. God's changing people. Stuff's falling off. There's testimonies that I hear, and I'm waiting on them to step up. Huh. God, God's, God's got great things to do. God wants to do. Bow your head just for a second. I want the ushers to get ready. We're going to receive communion today. But I want to ask you, and ushers, I'm asking you too, if you need Jesus in your heart today, if you need Jesus in your life today, will you accept him? Not only does he want to uh, slay giants in your life, he wants to make you a giant slayer, a real one. Man, there's no pressure. Jesus said, I'll make you a giant slayer and I'll make it easy for you. He said, put my yoke upon me. Put my yoke on you. It's easy, it's light. If you're not sure that you, don't, that you know Jesus, if God's Spirit is not dwelling in you, will you just lift your hand and say, pray for me real quick, Pastor Brett. Pray real quick for me. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. I see your hand. Real quick, raise your hand, put it down real quick. 
listen to me. All right, look at me. I was going in my house one day, and my neighbor, uh, she's an older lady, and she said, you know, I want you to pray with me sometime. She goes, I, I'm just not sure I'm saved. I, 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 I don't know if I'm saved or not. I said, well, I'll be glad to pray with you. And she, she said, no, you know, not today. You don't have to do it today. I said, and, and I said, well, yeah, let's just pr let's pray today. And she goes, you know, I really want to feel it. I want to know it. And I said, well, let's go in the house and get your Bible. And, and, and she went and got her Bible. And I opened up to Romans 10, 9 and 10. And, and Romans 10, 9 and 10 is the gateway to salvation. And it says, if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, then you'll be saved. So to you who raised your hand and to you that didn't, you still just maybe wasn't sure. Listen, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died on the cross for your sins, that He rose again the third day, we're going to all say it with our mouth, don't ever look back. Then we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and make it real. Because before, when I read the Scriptures to her, I said, now we're going to pray and you're going to feel it. She said, I already do. And then we prayed. Now she went to be with Jesus a few months back. But I was a neighbor to her. But I got to make sure she knew she was going to heaven. You know, I saved her life too one day. It snowed and she slipped and fell on the ground and crawled in the eight inches of snow to my steps. If I hadn't been home, she'd have died on my front porch. Frozen. But hear me. God is your Savior. God is your Deliverer. And He wants you to be in His family. He wants you to know that, he, that, that, that you're saved. So everybody look at me and say this. Say, today, I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe in my heart that He died on the cross for my sins. I believe in my heart that he rose again the third day. That he has victory over death, hell, and the grave. And today he's given it to me. I'm saved. I'm delivered. I'm set free. I know with all my heart I'm a child of God. And because he lives, heaven is my home. I have the victory in Jesus' name. Ushers, won't you serve? Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.